Yes, today I'm joined by ESPN Insider Analyst Jordan Schultz. Jordan, what's going on? My man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it and uh, fired up to, to get it chopping. No problem, man. Welcome to, welcome to any panel. So I guess you see, I, have, I see you have no problem adjusting to this new current reality we have. Give it being busy, bro. <laughs> Dude, you know it's it's like uh, if if I don't if I don't do stuff and don't keep productive, man, I I, I feel like I just feel badly because I feel like I'm wasting the days. And these days are long with, with this COVID. So I'm um, just trying to stay busy and productive and tr- try and create content, especially, you know, with this delayed NBA start. Um, right. So it's, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a grind. Yeah, it's been a long nine months since March, man. If you haven't been moving through this, you're not going to be moving when it, when it breaks. No, uh, no. Year, hopefully. <laughs> well said. Definitely, definitely. So you're from Seattle. So um, I had I had um, Sean Kemp on the NBA panel previously. He talked about how passionate all the fans were from Seattle. Yes. So I believe you're fully on board with Seattle getting another team. You know, I they it's such a great NBA city. Uh, I, I I really hope they get another another team. The issue that they've had has been not having an arena. Um, you know, they they have an NHL team, the Kraken, coming. Uh, right. In the new season, which is great, but that arena is Key Arena, which was. Um, redone basically they they patched it up but from an NBA standpoint it's still obsolete it'd be the smallest arena in the league it's like 17,100 it's just too small and they don't have the suites so the the league I know the league wants a team there um, more than probably any other place I mean we've heard other places like Louisville come up but the NBA needs to be in Seattle and and I do believe it will be I just don't know when that will be my man but I I can't imagine uh than not having a team forever because the fan base is incredibly passionate. Right, definitely. Everyone has a start. Um, you did the bottom in college 10 feet high. Yeah. How, how important was that to your career to push you on to where now? Yeah, I haven't heard anybody bring that up in years, so I appreciate that. Um, no problem. Yeah, man, it was it was great for me. I, I started that blog, got hired to do it. It wasn't a paid gig. Right. But I got hired to do it basically um, – my senior year of college, so I was probably 22, okay. and I was really passionate about it because it was the first opportunity I got to uh, to, to basically have my own voice, you know. Right. And it was it was an NBA blog for the most part, basketball. We had some college, you know. The I, I think I did it for about a year, maybe a year and a half, and okay. it was so important to me that when I when I got out of college and I couldn't get a job in sports, I actually kept doing that and I would I would do it during the day at my other job like I was so passionate and, and I didn't really know what it would lead to but I, I did know that I loved doing it um, right. it won an award I think in 2010 and and that definitely helped get me in the door at okay. the fan house but it more than anything it, it helped me get a voice that's so you remind me of me a little bit man I'm doing a panel for a time right now I'm trying to do it I'm transitioning to do it full time so I'm how, doing um, I'm 40. And you? And how long have you been doing this? Uh, three and a half years. And what's so? Yeah. So what's the what's the ultimate goal? Because maybe I can shed some light. I mean, um, get the NBA panel recognized. I mean, and um, hopefully get it televised. Just have growth. Have a lot of growth. But I love, but I love doing this above all, though. This I love. I love the NBA. I love doing yeah. it. So I'm talking about basketball and networking with people as yourself. So first of all, I love doing it, but eventually I want to get it um, televised and everything. So we'll see how it goes. 
Yeah, well, well, um, there's nothing better than like doing what you love. It's it's, it's soulful, but it's so important. And uh, right. I can't I can't commend you enough for continuing to do it. Over, I didn't realize you had been doing it that long. Yeah, this was a transition, a career transition. Like, because <laughs> I've always loved NBA. I was an NBA fan, passion NBA fan, and an idea came up. Um, NBA plus I love doing it. One plus one is two. Like a national transition. Right. Exactly. No, I understand. So you have a love of basketball, and you played with some elite players such as Ray Allen. Yeah. How's that? How's that impacted your growth as an analyst? Did you have well, an inside track on how these yeah, guys play? Yeah. Well, the thing for me, dude, was like, so, the, so my my love of sports started, um, you know, growing up in Seattle and watching the teams and following them, and really that's how I learned how to read was like reading the sports page of the New York Times as a kid in the Seattle Times. So it was it was a natural transition to to play, and um, I got really competitive with it in, in high school and had a had a pretty good high school career and um, you know played four years in college, which which helped me a lot, I think, in terms of understanding the game the right. uh, the opportunity with ray i remember we were, we were playing uh basically it's called cutthroat where you you know it's like you have three or four guys playing alternating one-on-one okay. and um ray i think i had game point and and basically i was chirping because i was like 19 this is like okay. 19, you know okay. and um and and i remember chirping and ray said uh you know he's like yeah, i wouldn't do that or something like that and um right he got the ball and I was playing very tight defense, which was a big rarity for me. Okay. And um, he swept through with his elbow. He actually broke my nose, shattered my nose. Wow. Um, so, so to answer your question, I guess it shaped, it helped shape me the sense of like, I really appreciated how competitive he was. Right. And I wanted to, to lose in some, you know, irrelevant game to right. some stupid college kid that was just talking. Uh, and right. so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I grew up playing AAU basketball with a couple great players, Martel Webster, Brandon Roy, and being around pros when you're 14 to 18 is is incredibly helpful because, like, I I remember just thinking, you know, these guys are are already professionals. Like the way that they're at, the way that they're practicing and really treating their craft at such a young right. age, and Brandon especially. Like I I knew he was going to be so special because he was such a worker. And the first time I was competitive with Allen is I was my outlet was able to cover his um, Hall of Fame induction, and he could, he passionately talked about how he worked his butt off. We use the word butt, but <laughs> he yeah, yeah, so, to um, get to where he was. So I know exactly how passionate he is. Plus, I watched him over the years also. He was so. such a great player, one of my favorite players of all time. Yes. Not just shooting guards uh, in Seattle it was a really it was a treat to have him. Um, yes, he was really great. Yeah, you think they ever splash the beef when he because he went to Miami? I think they should. I mean, With I, Boston? I, I just, yeah, I think they should. But at the time, I can understand why. Like he went to the enemy. Well, that's still going on today. But at the time, they were all real close. And it's like they felt backstab a little bit because he went to Miami with the bonds. But we well, Ray was, Ray was always like a different guy in the sense that um, he never needed approval yeah. from from his peers. Some guys feel like they need to have it and. It's not a bad or good thing. It just is. And Ray never really needed it. Right. So when he left, I think, well, I think when he was in Boston, he's always, you know, he didn't necessarily like need to kick it with everybody. And then when he left, they felt slighted because they wanted to try to win another championship. Um, right. I think, I think especially with Kevin, 
Um, you know, they, it seems like they fixed it. I mean, Rondo's a different dude, you know? He, yeah. He's in his own, own world as well. Right. So, um, 10 years in, what do you like most about your career? My like favorite what? thing, honestly, dude, is like, I mean, obviously I love watching sports. So that's, I mean, that's, it goes without saying. But I, the relationships, uh, right. you know, it's one thing to have relationships with, um, with like coaches or right. executives, agents, but the actual players, um, especially the ones that really like, get it, you know, and, right. uh, and understand like the impact they can have uh, and are so committed to it and, and, and want to be great. The, the relationships is, is really an enjoyable <laughs> process. Like I, I love right. talking to, to athletes. I, that's how I feel I relate to the most. And that's why generally like I, I sigh with the athletes because I feel like they're the ones that they are the most coveted and they're, they're the most important part of the whole game. And right. so when I hear like coaches being uh, like, I don't want to say unfair, like when, when coaches or executives backstab an athlete or somebody gets released and, right. and, the, and the process doesn't go well and they're really not told the right way, all of right. these things like really bother me. And, and it makes me want to like help the athletes have a voice. And that's why, you know, I've loved having the podcast with, with CJ and, been fortunate right. the boardroom with with KD for the last yeah. couple of years. Like those are things that that I, I really do appreciate as a sports fan. Right. First off, I like I, I feel the same way. I love talking to um, athletes. I love being a host because I love connecting with people. As I previously said, like the relationships you build. I've been strong relationships over the years since I've been doing this with NBA players, analysts. I mean, presidents of companies. I see Showtime Sports, ESPN. <laughs> I love like connecting with people. You can tell when people are genuine when they want to, when they want to do an interview. Like, right, like, of course. You can, yeah. you can, you can tell. You know, uh, early on uh, in an interview, if someone's really doesn't want to do it, and those are the tough ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got to cut out the dead air. You can, yeah, you get, you get a vibe of like, you can get a vibe of a good interview, definitely. How's your um time at how's your time at um ESPN then? Because you built a great home over there. Yeah, so I, I it was always my goal long term to um to get the ESPN. You know, I felt like right. I felt like as a kid, ESPN was the was the most important place to be. Uh, right. I felt like it was the pinnacle for sports journalism, and you know, watching right. Sports Center as a kid in the '90s and 2000s, it was like just it was like magic, you know. Right. And right. Um, so I, I just uh, signed my extension for for my third year and great man congratulations yeah thank you so much i i I would say that the the hardest part about it is all the best part in the sense of you you can get lost there because it is so big and there's a lot of really talented people right the reason it's also the best part in a sense is that it it does push you to to want to push more. Like it makes you, yes, yes. it's not yes. more motivated. It's just more like focused on here's, here's how, and, and so for like, here's how I need to get to this place or right. to this show. Um, and for me, it, it is, it is a consistent grind because, you know, I did not play professionally and right. um, there's so many mouths to feed there. And I'm always like, it's like the balance of being happy for other people's success and also winning your own opportunities. So right. um, it's a great place to be, uh, but uh, it is a big, it is a big place to be and navigating it is, can be tricky. 
Yes, that's one of the questions I was going to ask. How, how important to you is it to stay consistent and persistent? Because I know if you, as long as you stay consistent, you'll get noticed. But that's a very important part of building anything anyway. So you got to stay consistent and get better and, and go through the growing pains. Because I, I always say all the time, the more I do the show, the better I get on air. Because like, I used to beat myself up on air all the time when I made a mistake. But there's people making millions now, and then I'm not just making a mistake on air. So I'm like, what am I doing to myself? I got to slow down and take the growing pains and let it come to me. And I'm getting every day. Yeah, it's so important. And that's a great philosophy to have. And and I could, I could you know, feel it right now. You know, you're, you're comfort in asking questions and also with the um, asking questions without actually, like, having a question, you know, where you right. just kind of make a statement and let somebody make their own. Um, yeah, like, let somebody go with it. And, like, I just right. did an interview right now, and, right. you know, I had so much fun with it. But I'm still thinking during that interview with, with you know, with this football player, Taylor Lawan, is this really good personality. Like, I'm thinking the whole time in the back yeah. of my head, like, how do I – like I, I want to keep letting him go without without um, controlling the conversation too much, but also right. I want to get the, the questions in that are most important. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's that's a balance as well. And I think interviewing is a tremendous skill to have, regardless yeah. of if it's sports or not. And yeah. there are like I constantly you mentioned like you've been on yourself. I, I'm always on myself. Right. You <laughs> or an analyst. Um, opportunity where it's like a 30 second or a minute long thing I need to, I need to go break down. I'm still hard on myself after because right. there's always something you didn't say or could have said better or you used to feel like it. Yeah. So being consistent is really important, of course, but I think more important is just like being consistent in your approach that if you are prepared and you love what you're doing, um, you know, you have to give yourself the wiggle room to make yeah. mistakes to learn from them and also know that sometimes mistakes and failure can be a big positive if you Right. Very true, very true. You've reached the point in your career you wanted to reach at ESPN. How important is it for everyone to be prepared, ready for that moment? Because we never never really know when that moment's going to come. We can prepare for it, but we may look at other accomplishments that we made, like, okay, it's going to put me where I need to be, or that must be where I need to be. But I think you never know which interview or connection is going to help you to that one point. So how important is it to always be ready and just prepared? We never really know. It's it's everything. It, it, it's kind of like uh, if you were an athlete and you were um, maybe you're a AAA player in baseball or right. you're in the G League or you're a 10th a man on an NBA roster or you're right. a backup right tackle, whatever. You have you only have a certain amount of chances where you get where it it really matters and you can you can really change your fate at that point. You know, you have yeah. like a a fork in the road and sometimes you don't even know it. So. It's it's very important in my in my opinion, and we've done this for for some time to to be prepared, right? Um, and to be ready for any opportunity, and that's why like I always try to say yes to interviews and uh, and, and videos, even if it's a uh, something that I'm not necessarily interested in, just right. because I want to give myself more reps. I want to give somebody else the opportunity to maybe get more reps and also more, right. probably most importantly is like just constantly trying to reshape <laughs> and improve your own voice. You know, I talked about two feet high, like that's a writing voice, but there's also right. the on air voice when you're on camera, there's right. the voice of being on radio or like this in an interview. So you, yeah. you really, you really never have like permanent growth or you never have, you've never like, for me at least, you never reach the point right. where you can't grow anymore and learn. 
Right. I've done a couple interviews on air. I mean, on camera. Yeah. And it's, it, there's a different there's a different feel. Like I'm like more comfortable doing that, but it's like it's I like it more than like audio. But it's 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 to get it takes time to get used to. But I can feel like a natural feel that I like doing it. You yeah you exactly it, it is a lot different and it takes a lot of uh, a lot of reps to uh, to get yes. totally comfortable with it. Yes yes you know? yes. But but you got to project the thing about uh, on air radio or uh, TV digital you have to project right. an extra dose of energy because if you don't you it'll you'll seem to the viewer really flat even if right. you think you you have some energy you got to have like I always say you got to boost it up 30 40 percent more than what you yeah. normally would be how you yeah. normally be talking right yes as you mentioned earlier a quick turnaround to the NBCs and the Lakers are the favorites but the GMs to repeat again there are a lot of people favorites they made a lot of Great acquisition, two six hundred a year old. Unbelievable. They they got better and younger at the same time. Palinka over there working, man. Like <laughs> they they did an un- unbelievable job. And you know, I to get Harrow and Schroeder. Yeah. Like Schroeder to me is the one that really stood out because Harrow's a really good player, but Schroeder, you know, he's gonna start <laughs> and, and he's yes. he's someone that man Another that playmaker. guy is so good. Yeah, he's. Yes. If you thought Rondo was good in the playoffs because he was, and like think about what Schroeder can give them uh, yes. offensively, defensively, quickness. He'll pick up full court. He's just a really good player. He's 27. So nice. I, and then also Taylor Horton Tucker, who's emerged in the preseason. Yes. Like that's not out of nowhere. Um, you know, he was a great college player at Iowa State. He was a pretty high pick, and, and right. now he's going to get an opportunity to really play. He's just a hooper. So I, I think the Lakers, from a roster standpoint, are – I mean, they're really, really good. And obviously – you have the two big guys on an AD, but I think their balance is, is going to be better than it was last season. Yes. Yeah, it's behind them now, but the Bears are just far to the Lakers 4-1 in the bubble. I mean, how, how, how hungry do you see CJ as a player to come back and take care of what he didn't finish last year? Because you're around him a lot. So how do you see him focus on the season? They feel like this is the best team they've had, I think, in part because, you know, having Nurkic back 100% healthy, Right, um, it's huge, and I think Derek Jones is going to help them a lot. Uh, right, you know he'll he'll give them a lot of this like energy, defense, rebounding that they really need. Um, right, I think right. defensively, you know they're consistently in the kind of the bottom half of the league, and having yeah. another wing that's that athletic and versatile, who can guard all you know one, two, and three is going to help them. I think the biggest thing for them is keeping Nurkic on the floor. CJ is. <laughs> Yeah, he's always motivated. So I don't want to. I don't want to say he's more motivated. I just think realistically, they know that like Dame is an MVP candidate. They have a very good roster. It's a right. great division, but they have an opportunity. Uh, I've said to be like I. I picked them to be the two or three uh, in the West, and I, okay. I don't want to do full predictions, but like that's what I believe their upside is. You know, I, I think right. they're a a real threat, and right. I just hope. I really hope they stay healthy because they haven't been able to. Right, and he got some backup too. But and if Tanner came back, he can get on quality. Tanner's a good move. Yeah, super solid. Uh, I right. Think addition by subtraction with Whiteside because Tanner will give them energy and offense. Right. Also, um, you know, rebounding. I did, I like that move. Right, and Carmelo Rison, you're 18. Yeah. I mean, he's he's good for at least a good. I say his career average. Yeah. Yeah. He'll give you, give you 15, a, 17. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, I mean, Melo. Is still an effective NBA player. It amazed me it took him that long to get picked up. 
Uh, yeah, that was but crazy. I do like Portland. I mean, listen, Denver is going to be yeah. really tough. Zach uh, and Phoenix will be better. So yeah. the, West is, the West is a monster. It, it really is. Yeah, and John Walden came over. John Walden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, You know, it, it's just it's a t- it's as tough as it gets. It, it's very top heavy, and then also very deep. Yes, yeah, so we got Steph in the Warriors because Clay got hurt again, unfortunately. But we still got him. I mean, he got still got on um, my Green there with him. So we'll see how that works out with him. So. That was a good stick, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, with that playing tournament, it's gonna help a lot of teams. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What do you think about the James Harden situation? A lot of people say Philly, but there's other teams now in the hunt for him now. I mean, they got to give up, <laughs> I don't I, know, I, a I, lot. I, yeah, a lot. I wouldn't, like, <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn is not going to make the move. Um, Philly, to me, you know, in theory with Simmons could make sense, but yeah, um, you saw what Daryl Morey, their new GM, said. He doesn't want to. Right. Not going to make that move. Um, I think with Harden, he's such a polarizing player, and he's a great player. Yeah. But because of his, you know, playoff woes and the fact that he, kind of, he's he's a tough guy to play with. I think for right. a lot of players because he is so ball dominant, and he's a great player, and right. he really is, and, and he's he's really special offensively, but. You know, he has not had that playoff success, both individually and team-wise. So I would actually be surprised right now if they're able to move him for that reason, but also because right. their asking price in Houston is so astronomically high that yeah. you really have to get a team to mortgage their future for a 30-year-old guard who, you know, I Yeah, he's just told it was what, what the Bucks had to give up for uh, Drew. So. They overpaid for <laughs> Drew, but they had to yeah. because they, yeah. had, they needed to show Giannis they were committed right. to winning. They had to. Right. I think that might have been a sign in to guide them to resign, but two hundred what do you got, two twenty three for five years? Yeah. That's a lot of money to turn down regardless, but <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yes it is. But I don't know if they have enough with him Middleton and Drew to win a championship right now. I mean they're, they're dead, but, yeah, the Bajanovic <clears throat> move I thought would have helped them a lot. I think yeah. it would be better. Right. Um, but yeah, but Holiday's gonna make a big difference. Because I think physically Definitely. you know, he's bigger than Eric. Uh, but so he'll be able to guard one, two, and three, and he's a right. terrific on and off the ball offensive player. He's a better player than Bledsoe just on both sides of the court. Uh, he's a big upgrade, and I think he will make a big difference. Um, so I'm excited about that team. What's your thoughts on the Nets and KD? He looked good, but it's a small yeah. sample size. But he, I think he's going to be fine because we all know he's lengthy. He has a long wingspan. He can shoot over people. He doesn't need to explode. Let no, me get to the yeah. rim to score. He's a dangerous yeah. score all over the floor. Yeah. It, 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 by the way, is it okay if we, if we bounce after this question? Yeah, of course. Cool, cool. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so with the Nets, like, you know, that's going to take some time just because, you know, Kevin hasn't played, obviously, in a, in a, in a year. Uh, Kyrie did not play a lot last year. Right. Coach and Steve Nash. But ultimately, I do love – I love that roster. Uh, you mentioned – Kevin's ability to score in so many different ways. Like, as he gets more minutes and more comfortable, he will be as dominant as ever. He's in great shape. Um, They have Karras there. They did not train Dinwiddie. They brought back uh, Joe Harris. Um, They have Jared Allen. They have a lot of pieces. And um, the East is is, is tough, but it's much more doable than the West. So I I do think Brooklyn's going to figure it out. It may take them some time. But ultimately, they're going to be there. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind the Nets will be there. Yeah, 72-game season, they'll figure it out. 
Jordan, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. You had a long day. You've got an interview before you talk to me. Thank you so much my, for your time, man. Thank my you pleasure, so much. Man. My pleasure, and maybe we'll do it again uh, down the road. I appreciate it. Definitely. I definitely thank God this feature. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. All right. Yes, yeah, so that was ESPN Insider Analyst Jordan Schultz. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.